Trainer. Yo, yo, this is Justin, Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. It's a Zach Sang Show. We got Heather. We got Dan. We welcome Da Vinci, All aka right. Cash Zach Mooney Sang from Gronish. Yo, yo, what's yes. up? Hi, Instagram. <laughs> you are Cash Mooney, dude. Yes. I am. <laughs> sure. I am Cassius. No, I'm not him. We just look alike. <laughs> That's it. By the way, Cash Mooney is a character on one of my favorite shows right now, Grownish. I was telling you, I'm obsessed with Blackish. Started watching with my mom. Now I just like sit like home randomly and just have it on and binge it. And I got hooked on Grownish, which it's an extension, right? They built an entire universe yeah. out of the Johnson family. Yeah. And um, Zoe is the daughter. She goes to college and she lives her own life, and the story is told through her perspective and her voice. Yes, because she's almost grown up, grownish. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and you play her, pretty much like there's two love interests at one point, but you're the you're the first real legitimate one. Yeah, I'm the one that makes those other guys look like they're not serious. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Why does Cash Mooney totally trump everybody else? I think it's because he's that dude, you know, and uh, especially where she comes from. She never experienced like being around a star athlete like mm-hmm. that dude, and I think that that star power that he has, and then he's good looking, he's charming, he has all that, you know, going for him, and she sees that. She's just like, damn, this guy's, <laughs> this guy's damn. a deal, you know. Well, and you know, one of the, in my opinion, one of really like a really captivating episode of television was the virginity episode. Cream, right? Cream. That, that that's the name of the episode. It's Creamy. Cash Rules Everything, <laughs> everything around, around Me. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Well, it's just funny because you said virginity and cream in the same sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's trying to send a message. By the way, they name every episode after a song. If you guys. Oh really? Didn't know that. Lots yeah. of shows do that. Zach, yeah. do you know what Cream is from? Do you know the Do you know the rap group that made Cream a thing? No. <laughs> do, do, well, it's, a, it's okay. Somebody needs to educate me now. It's Wu Tang. Oh. Wu-Tang. Obviously. <laughs> yes. I'm very locked in. Anyway, this is a big episode for television because, you. Want, I mean, I could say what happens, but like Cash Mooney pretty much, you know, outs Zoe on the internet for being a virgin. Yeah. But it's for selfish purposes. It, like, w- when he explained why he did it, I was like, dang it, you messed up. Because first, I was like, he was sticking up for her. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, I, I was like, see, that... That made sense. Like, I was like, see, I don't blame him. I don't understand why she was so mad. But then when he said, you're good for my brand, then it kind of was like, Mm. okay, Cash, yeah, I can't take your side right now. Is it it hard not to back your character's position, or is that more fun for you as an actor? Honestly, I could back him up. I could back him up. Like, sometimes a lot of the things that he do... I feel for him because he's a, he's a kid. He's indecisive. He's grown-ish. You know, you don't really know what <laughs> what he want to do. And, I mean, he's about to get drafted to the NBA. That's what it's looking like, you know. Yeah. Like, he has so many decisions he has to make. So it was like, and he never really had the right parents to really, you know, instill certain things, certain discipline things, and, and just condition him a certain way to be ready for the real world. Yeah. And a lot of athletes, they have this stigma, like, you know, they're just terrible guys. They're terrible, but, I mean, I don't think he's a terrible guy. I think he's just trying to do what's best, and he really doesn't know. 
right? Yeah. He's still learning as he goes. Yeah, he's still learning as he goes. When you do, you break down your character when you first get the script because you weren't introduced in the first episode. I think you came in like maybe three or four episodes in, right? Yeah, because we're at Same. six or seven now. Um, so do you break down your character? Do you break down the character's motivation? And what's your process there? Yeah, like when I um, first received the role, and uh, I saw he was a, they said charming. He's charismatic. He has a great smile, and he's just like a he kind of get anything he wants. So when I read that, I was like, I was like, okay, I think this guy is gonna be like an a hole. <laughs> but, right? Yeah, yeah. But then you know when I booked a role and I started seeing what happened in the other episodes, I'm like, well, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's, he's really trying not, to be. Yeah. So my breakdown for the character, I really, it feels like. He's someone that's he's he's a dope kid and he just comes from a terrible environment so he really don't know how to carry himself in a a likable manner. Yeah. And I don't think he knows what to do with women. When when you read in the script that you have to go as a character go to your dad's house to stop or to buy back your high school basketball ring, right? Cuz that's that's one of the one of the stories in yeah. Cream. Um, I mean, how does that make you feel? Because that is like the harsh reality for a lot of athletes. Yeah, no, that's very true. I, it's it's a scary feeling, you know, because for a lot of kids, you know, facing your father is scary, yeah. you know, and and just based off seeing how his father is and he's a drunk and he's selling all his trophies. I mean, I could just tell from that he didn't have a really good experience growing up in a household with his father. Yeah. So him going there and facing him and confronting him, I know that was just scary. Like, what the hell? Am I going to have to fight him? And then you have your girl by your side, so it's just it kind of is messing your emotions up yeah. at the same time, you know? It's. It, I mean, you, this show is very reflective of so many people's reality and so much of today. Do you feel like there is a burden when you take on a role like this? Because there is... I feel like just like with Blackish, right? You know, people really paid attention to every episode of Blackish, and I think people are doing the same. You know, Refinery Twenty Nine is writing, you know, detailed recaps of every single episode and how it reflects to our generation and the next generation coming up. Is there weight on your shoulders when you're taking on that character? No, I don't. Maybe I don't fully feel the weight, but I no, I. I just the way that I feel is just properly portraying what they want the character to feel like. Yeah. The, the studio, so that's really what I'm paying attention to. But the like I feel like that character is getting a lot of slack because of the whole virgin thing. Yeah. And that virgin thing is a huge topic. So like a lot of I feel that way because a lot of people are like they're coming at me. Dude, in a way. Yeah. And it's like wait 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 guys, I'm not cash. Yeah. <laughs> I just play cash. Yeah. You know like they think that I'm really like this guy in real life. And I'm just like no. And you know, the double standard thing with virgin and all that. That that's just it made a lot of virginity topics come up. No, and it comes that sensitive because it reflects reality. So like yeah. the, the topics have weight to them. By the way, like my thought on that episode of you and Zoe, just because I'm a fan and I will share, um, I think it was a very surface level selfish relationship on both of your parts, 
right? Because yeah, she wants to be kids. with Yeah, Zoe wants to be with Cash Mooney because he's a famous athlete or going to be one and the most popular guy on campus. And you want uh you, not you. Cash wants to be with Zoe just because she's clean for his brand, you know? Yeah. It's somebody good to be around. It makes you look better. It is. They I mean that age when you're that age, you're narcissistic. Mm-hmm. You know, you're self-centered because that's all. I mean, you just now, you're just now getting into the world. Yeah. So it's like all you can think about is yourself. So it's just like <laughs> they're really selfish. They just really care about themselves. You know, there's a lot going on in your life. And one could be on the outside looking in, right? Because you only really did Jessica Jones. That yeah. was your other role. But this is a big one. Yeah. Somebody could say, wow, this guy's a lot going on. It must be hard for him to not get wrapped up in himself or to not get wrapped up in the glamour that is being on a television show consistently. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And the way I, uh, you know, just stay humble and grounded, I, I meditate a lot. Nice. And I read. I read a lot of spiritual books. And, and um, like, the book I'm reading right now is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel. And I just, I, I try to separate myself from the facade in this industry as much as possible because... What I always think about, like before I got in, I read this I read this article and this guy was saying, see, this industry gives you an inflated sense of yourself because your role, everybody on set, they're they're designed to I mean their their task is to take care of you, yeah. to make sure you look the best. If you're hungry, you get this, you get that, you get that. But it's like you always have to remember had the person who tested against you booked the role, he would have got the same treatment. Yeah. So you're not special. It's not you. Because you're mm. booked the role. You're special for other reasons, but don't think the fact that you have this role, like you're that dude now. You got to remember, like, had anyone else had this posi- this role, they would have been in this position. Yeah. So it's really not me. So for me to just walk around with my head all, you know, muscled up and honcho, like, yeah, you know, I, I did this, I did this. Big head is just foolishness. Huh. Did you I say uh, that. your friends are treating you different, though? Yeah. Are yeah. they really? Um, yeah, I have uh, some people that, you know, they make little jokes about, oh, you're Hollywood now. And, it, <laughs> and honestly, it's, it's redundant sometimes. It's kind of like, okay, well, I see uh, friendship probably expired <laughs> right here, <laughs> you know, because it's just like, all right, dude, like, I don't want to. Like, that's happening on social media, you know? Like, yes, I'm blowing and rising on there. And it's like, okay, I want to leave that there. But when I'm in, you know, with my friends, like, I still want to be me. Yeah. You know, like, don't say this Hollywood stuff because I I put on my work uniform when I get to work. Yes. And when I'm not at work, I take it off. Just like a construction worker, you put on your little hat, your vest and stuff like that. You go to work. But when you come home, you don't want to think about building buildings with your wife and stuff. You You take the uniform off. And people who don't see that, I just think you just got to... 86 of them. And and I hope, like, you know, maybe there's a couple good friends in your life that do say those things to you, like, ooh, go in Hollywood or whatever. I I hope they they realize that, like, they're probably one of the most important factors into keeping you grounded and not giving you a false sense of reality. Because it's when you can turn it off and go back to, you know, normal life is when you kind of, you go back to reality. You know what I mean? And you, I don't know. That's, uh, yeah, not a good friend to have around. Yeah, that's true. But I, I do have some good individuals around that help me, you know, help keep me grounded and just. Are you living in New Jersey? I guess, but I'm living out here right now because there's it. a lot of opportunities, yeah. you know, happening. So it's kind of like I got to stay out here right now. Did they cast you for Gronish in New York? No. The way I booked it, it was, uh, it was actually just off pure intuition and God because. 
I remember I told my management agency, I was like, I'm going to fly out to L.A. for a couple of days. And they really didn't want me in L.A. because they said there's more roles in New York for you right now. So, but I was like, okay, I'm going to fly out there. But I didn't let them know <laughs> that I didn't book a returning flight. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Love it. So, I, as my flight is landing, I receive an email from my agency saying you have a next day appointment for grown-ish slash college-ish. And I was like, okay, what is this? And then I do research and I was like, oh, it's a spinoff of, I was like, oh, wow, okay, okay. So I study the lines and I go in for the audition and they're like, Wait, aren't you supposed to be in New York? We were supposed to see a tape. And I was like, nope, I'm here. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. And they were like, did you come out here for this? I was like, no. I, had, I knew nothing about it. So it was like just perfect timing. Even that, you being in person in front of them could have really like sealed the deal. Yeah. <laughs> it really could have. It, it could have because I, me personally, I don't like doing self-tapes because I feel like if self-tapes, you don't have room for adjustments. No. Like in the room, the casting director say, okay, the way you said that line, I want you to switch and kind of, you know, lower your tone. But in a self-tape, they just see One that. One shot and you're done. And it's like, they don't get to see when you introduce yourself. And none of that. They don't feel your energy. They just see that. Yeah. So I was so fortunate that I got to be in the room. Now, how many more episodes are you locked to Gronish for? Because as of the last episode, Zoe's done with Cash. But I mean, I, I don't want to reveal how many more episodes I'm locked to Gronish because is, it, is whole season done? No. Have you shot the whole? You haven't shot the whole. Oh, season? oh no, no, yes, yeah. yes, the entire season is done. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I got your question now. Yeah, we finished <laughs> shooting season one. We finished uh, the first week of December. Cool. So, so yeah. will we see? Yeah, Cash you, next yeah, episode. Cash is not dead. He's not dead. He's not gone. Okay. Um, he's still doing his thing and. Yeah, he's he's gonna pop up. He's like a bad penny. <laughs> I, I I hope so. I feel like Zoe's dad, Dre. You guys don't watch the show. Well, well, no, I don't. Meet? I don't need to anymore. I know the entire plot. <laughs> um, I feel like they would get along. I think that would be a really good relationship to watch play out. Dre and Cash. Yeah, I think that'd be funny. That'd be great to I do think, scenes with him. I think it would be. I think yeah. it would be. Yeah. I think he would be a fan, and Zoe would hate it. Yeah. What has it been like working with Yara? I mean, she's really talented. I yeah. Mean, the whole cast is. It, it is. It, it's a. It's a great cast, and the synergy. I mean, you feel it. You feel the harmony, and that's why I think it's such a successful show, Grownish and Blackish, is because. The people, just the right people got together, and that's when magic is made. And Yara, she's she's so talented. I'm so fortunate that my first big project, I got to work with someone of that caliber, mm-hmm. you know, and just learning from her. And Because a lot of the scenes we do is together. Yeah. So I'm with, like, some some days I'm staring at her for, like, 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm just, just learning a lot from her, and uh, she's a really smart girl. Was Anthony on set? Because I know he, he's an executive producer. I think he was on set once. Got it. Tracy was on set. Cool. Once I saw her, especially at the at the table read, it was she's great. And she was also in the last episode. Yeah, when she was saying the thing about Cash wants you to be a bas- basketball wife. Yeah, <laughs> so like that. Well, well you feel you fill Zoe in on the realities of being with somebody who plays a sport. Yeah, and that's scary. The real question is, do you play basketball? Like in real life? Yes, yes. I you play do. basketball. Is that like- I, I was not a D one superstar oh, no. like Cash Mooney, but I can I can play ball. If you're uh, 
not paying attention, you could probably get dunked on. I could, I could play basketball. If you're not, if you're blindfolded, yeah, if you're totally not, checked if, out. If, you, if your back is turned, someone throw an alley right behind you. You're probably gonna get dunked on. So I'd probably beat you. And okay, I would got make it. A, no, no. <laughs> What'd you learn from uh, the first season of Grownish? Like, what if you look back and you reflect on it? What's that one big piece of knowledge that you're gonna take with you? Oh my God, I've. I've learned what it takes to really be an actor. There you, you go. You know, like just being on a big set yeah. and like just it's long days, man. And sometimes it's like you you can be tired, but you gotta keep that energy. Yeah. Like you gotta keep that energy up. Like some days you're shooting for like fourteen hours. And your discernment when it comes to reading scripts and really understanding what's going on and and just not looking green. You know, new because I was told that a lot when I because I just started, but that excuse me, that sh- uh, working on that show just really helped me. Like, was that scary? Like an actor, it was scary as hell, man. <laughs> it was scary when I first got on set. Like everybody knew what they were doing, they knew where they were going, and it was like a little order that was established already. And I come in, I'm like a stray dog, a stray pit bull from the streets, just like. <laughs> Like, yo, so uh, what's going on? Like, and I have to, like, I don't want to look green by asking so many questions. So I just try to, like, peep and see what's going on. But okay, okay. Yeah, see, see, you know. Yeah. But it, was, it, was, it was scary, man. It was a scary feeling. And uh, even when I got the role, I had to be on my P's and Q's because it, you, you can get recasted, you know. Yeah, man. <laughs> you can get recasted. And I, I, I've learned that, you know. So, uh, have you ever been recasted? Ever no, get a role? but I got close, and it's a scary, it's a scary story, man. Why um, did they almost recast you? Just, you know, um, <laughs> you gotta tell, you gotta, you gotta say doing something. Doing his job. No, um, it, it was just like they, they felt like I was uh, green. Yeah, mm-hmm. they felt that I was green in the first episode. Uh, it was a lot going on in my personal life, and. Uh, and then that same day, we had a table read, and I never received a table read the night before. So I received a table read there. And so I was unprepared at the table read, and uh, that was the dude, second cold. major episode that I was in. So I was straight cold. Yeah. And through the grace of God, I, I got a second chance. Do the producers pull you aside and say, hey, man, what's no, going on? With, they just. No, I just, I, I knew I heard through the grapevine, you know, and. Uh, who, who whispers that in your ear? <laughs> I can't say any <laughs> names, man. And this was on Gronish. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So really, you almost, you, you could have been recast. I was almost not cash money. Wow. Yeah, it really almost happened. And uh, So when you when you hear that, like. And now that I'm seeing, like, what people are saying, people are blowing my Instagram <laughs> up. It's just like, oh, my God, you're doing so great. I'm like, whoo, you don't know what I went through. <laughs> yeah, I literally got to see your freaking pants. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was scary, man. It was what? one of the top three scariest moments of my life. And, I mean, I've, I've had weapons pulled out in front of me, like guns and stuff like that, because I, I come from... You're from Orange. and Yeah, from Orange. So I, I'm not... I wasn't raised in the best environment. Yeah. So I've seen things in... But it's just like that feeling was up there, one of the scariest feelings, because it's like you worked so hard for this, and then you're told, like, you know... It can all go away. Yeah, it was just like... And you're... Oof. What do you change? Is it you know? Do you just work harder than anybody else from like, that moment what on? I, what I did when I when I went home, the day that I found out, and I remember my manager called me. She was like, 
hey, uh, what was going on with the table read, this, this, and that? Like, you, you got to get your things together. She said, what are you doing right now? I was like, I'm playing basketball. She said, no, go home, do this, this, and that, that. And I was like, well, I don't got the script for the next. And she said, okay, well, we're going to get everything, you know, situated. And uh, but, I, but she didn't know that. She didn't even know about the recasting thing. Like, oh, wow. like wow. that could potentially... You know, I mean, she had an idea because she's been yeah. there, but I actually knew like that was that going was... on. <laughs> so I went home and I read that script and I've, I studied everybody's damn lines. I knew <laughs> Yara lines. Like, I was Yara. I could have played Cash and Yara and Zoe. Like, <laughs> at the same time, I just, I just took all that anxiety and yeah. just frustration and just I just put it into the character and then... Next day when I came and I, you know, did the scene and then the claps and then the deadline article came out and then I was just like, I, I, I did it, but I was like, I could still get recasted. <laughs> <laughs> it just kept me on my P's and Q's and just let me understand how serious this thing is. And like, there's a lot riding on it. I mean, you know, you brought up your upbringing. How involved are your parents? In my career, I mean, they're, 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 they're they don't really understand this because yeah. they're from a third world country. So it's like they're to them life was you go to school, you get a degree. I mean, you yeah. go to college, get a degree, and then you work. Work in the medical field, you know, they pay good or you know, you find a job until you can get into the medical field or something like that. But this thing, this realm in life is not a reality. It's more like something that you're either born in or you hit the lottery. So they uh they were, you know, skeptical at times, and like my mother would tell me, like, "Oh, you know, you, you sure you don't want to, you know, go back to school because you was a smart kid." Because I graduated high school above 4.0, got a degree, and so like my parents was like, "Yo, this kid, he's sharp in school." So we got, but yeah. I'm like, "No, I don't want to do this." I was forced to do well in school because when I got sent to my father. I didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah. So it's like, I'm that like, was, damn, I'm going to read these That was books. motivation, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was through fear yeah. I was getting good grades. <laughs> but, you know, when I realized, like, that's not what I want to do. I want to go somewhere else. They just, they didn't understand it. When I first made the big move to go back up north and pursue my dream, my father didn't know what's the thing. He was just like, yo, he was just talking to my brother, like, what is he doing? This yeah. is not, they were scared. But now... Happy. <laughs> yeah, now they can watch you on TV. Yeah, they can see it. See the yeah, you know? yeah. You but, know. but that adds to the pressure and stress of you know wanting to make sure that this this actually happens. This goes through. Yeah. This becomes successful. Yeah. You want to prove yourself. Exactly. Exactly. I, I had a lot on my shoulders, you know, and to be here right now, man, you don't you don't <laughs> understand what it took to be in this seat, and it's just like, man, faith. God could you know move mountains with your faith, you know. So. Yeah. Did you grow up around anybody else that was an actor? No. So how how did you get into it? I just other people left a blueprint, and I just saw hope through their blueprint. You know, after watching movies and then googling people, how did Denzel Washington get started? And I was like, oh, he was twenty years old. He was a garbage man, and this lady just told him that you're gonna speak to millions one day. And I was like, damn, you know that can happen to me. Will Smith story, and just looking at a whole bunch of other people's stories, and I used to be like, yeah, I think this could be me. You know. You just got to do it. I always felt it. You know, me and my brothers growing up, we always felt like it was more for us in this world. Because, I mean, we didn't grow up like the typical African-American. Where are your parents from? They're from Haiti. Got it. So, if you know anything about that country, that I, country is... Uh, 
not in the best shape. <laughs> no, and it hasn't been. And it hasn't been. Really so. ever, yeah. So we just grew up different. It's even just language. Like, our first language is uh, Creole, uh. which is like 70% French and then mixed with a whole bunch of Do you speak other that languages. fluently? Yes, speak it fluently. Very cool. And, uh, you know, just we just always just had high aspirations, especially knowing, like, you know, we're not really from this country. So it's kind of like, kind of gave us that, you know, we got to... Gotta you gotta work prove yourself. Yeah, we yeah. gotta prove them. We don't know nobody here, you know. Yeah. Does, what do your parents think now when they see you on TV? They're they're like so shocked and just amazed and just happy. Like I, I said this um, in the People's magazines. Like I, I've never seen my father this happy before in my life. Like even when I brought a report card home with all A's, he was happy. Then he was like, I, I have no complaints. But now. He's just on another level of happiness. It's like he's like 24 years old again in life. You know, it's, just, it's crazy. And just to see the effect that this have on my family, I think it's the it's one of the greatest things. That's and pretty special. Yeah, it is. It is just to see everyone smile and be happy and just and then you just giving people hope because now it was someone that gave me hope and I'm like that for another kid. Someone's gonna be watching this interview and be like, oh, I see how Da Vinci got started, man. You know. He inspires me. I'm going to do this. And then next thing, 20 years later, there's going to be another cash money. That's <laughs> hey, know, so, that's not yeah. a bad legacy. Where'd Da Vinci come from? So Your real name's Abraham D. Just. Yes. Da Vinci is a middle name that I adopted because I w- we, were, uh, we weren't born with middle names, by the mm-hmm. way. So just gave it to myself. And it's because Leonardo Da Vinci was a polymath. He was not just a painter. He was a mathematician, a poet biologist, a biotennist. He just he did so many other things. And a people, renaissance man. He was a renaissance man. So people, but a lot of people say, oh yeah, he was a good painter. But it's like, oh, no, that's not all he did. Mm-hmm. And like for me, I'm not just an actor. I actually started off doing music. I was okay. performing at um, Gloria Carter's restaurant, Jay-Z's oh, wow. mother, and it's through there. I started connecting and the dots started coming together and then got into acting. But yeah, so I, I took that name because I was like, that represents me. I feel like that fits my brand. I spell it different. The ending, I spell it as C-H-I, mm-hmm. which means energy. Chi is energy. So it was like the energy, basically. I dig that. So, yeah, so that's one of the reasons why I changed it. And then the second reason, I was just like, I feel like in this industry, you need that uniform to separate you from reality and yeah. la la land, the fantasy land. You go on the carpets. Oh, the Vigi Liquid. Oh, man, you're working the camera. It's like, yeah, they're just <laughs> gassing my head up. They're saying that to everyone. So it's like, yeah, you can say all that to Da Vinci, but it's like, that's not going in Abraham's head. That's great. Abraham wanted to stay grounded. So mm-hmm. when I'm with my family having real conversations, like I can, you know, get out of that and be like, yes, okay, yeah, I see what's, what's going on here. And I feel like that's really important in this industry because the pressures is real. I mean, you're being exposed at a level that human beings weren't meant to be exposed. I mean, you're omnipotent. When that show is playing, you're in front of millions of screens. Mm-hmm. That's like a small form of God. God is omnipotent. He's ubiquitous. He could be everywhere at once. So you possessed a small fraction of that power that weighs on your psychology. This is why... Like I studied a lot of celebrities before I got in the game. And for everyone who want to be an actor, study people. You, you got to study people. And there's a lot of information out there for you to study individuals. They leave blueprints behind. And I studied them. I was like, why do some people, you know, like they just change? And 
stuff like that, or they suffer from depression and this and that, and it's just like you start connecting the dots, and you say, because well, I don't think human beings were supposed to be exposed on this level. I mean, you weren't. If you look at life like ten thousand years ago, you had your little tribe. You stayed there. This is why things like marriage work. Mm-hmm. This is why all these things work. But now, I mean, you're traveling the world. The world is your, your, your a game to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be in this country, in that country. In like, one day. No time. Yeah, so yeah. that's just like, that's crazy. So it's like if you don't have that separation between the fantasy land and reality, it's just going to get in the way of you doing good work. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just going to, you know. It's going to be bad. And then when Da Vinci gets in trouble in the media, it's Da Vinci not. It's not Abraham. It's not me. We see you. I really respect the motivation behind the name change. When did you officially make it? Like, when did you feel like the time was right? It's like, it was like, it was like two, three years ago I changed it. And then getting into acting, it was difficult because after I got, you know, management and agency, they were just like, no, we love the full name. We love that better, and this is that. But then they're like, "Yeah, it sounds so good as an actor." But I'm like, "I'm not just an actor, because yeah. my my people's on the acting side. Like they really see me as just an actor." And I'm like, "Well, remember, because I mean, you look at, I mean, Jamie Fox. Yeah, that's not his real name. His real name is uh, Earl." Something right Bishop. off the bat, Earl is not nearly Bishop. as sexy as no, Jamie no, Fox. It's, no, it's Eric Marlon Bishop. Uh, just yeah, yeah, the, but Jamie Foxx <laughs> is a sexy name, <laughs> yeah. and he's also a music artist. And then you look at people like uh, I don't know, Jay Z and, and Bruno Mars, that's not his real yeah. name. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of different individuals in the industry that's like that. I don't know if they did it for the same purpose as me because some people do it for you know their alter ego, which is kind of like the same thing. Yeah, it's separation, yeah, it's to separate you. So, so, so when's your album coming out? <laughs> I'm uh, working on a lot of music. I, I don't know when um, it's coming out. There's no set date. I think I'm just gonna drop like a single. Okay. Maybe in like spring, spring, summer. So nice. Yeah. Are you on a lot of auditions? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, like uh, lately, because it's like pilot season, and I've been just reading. My face been glued Good. to just reading, 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 and a lot of good stuff is coming out of the success of this show yeah so that's really good like this year is looking like a really great year for me very fortunate two goals for this year go book a movie be a lead in a movie nice and be a series regular okay which by the way you are not currently on Gronish no it's just major recurring the other day I was telling someone uh, because I had this audition and the casting director was like, wait, you're not a series regular? And I was like, no. He said, what? Yeah. And he was kind of like, okay, well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good for them. They can, good. You know, yeah, casting. but like, he was yeah. so shocked that I wasn't a series regular. I said, no, I'm just major recurring. Do you need to watch Blackish to understand Gronish? No. Okay. So you can start with Gronish. You, and you, you... you can start with Gronish. Because Blackish just only gives you the backstory on Zoe. Zoe's family. Yeah. Really, but... You don't need to watch Blackish to get into Gronish. Okay. Totally separate cast of characters. Yeah. And you didn't go to college, did you? Yes. I you went did. to college in Central Florida, got a degree in criminal justice. So how's your real college life compared to your on screen college life? It's uh, it's very similar with the parties and things that you see as far as like how people are just so they're open with their sexuality and and their views on life and stuff like that and the parties is I mean the same there's probably a little wild more wild in the real life mm-hmm. 
But uh, I was not Cash Mooney, but yeah. I was known, but I wasn't Cash Mooney. How old were you? How old are you now? 22. Turned 22 in October. So you really just graduated. No, I what, got 20? a degree uh, when I was 19, 20. I was, graduated high school at 17. What was your degree oh, in college wow. again? You were Criminal really justice. Smart. I wanted to uh, be a detective. Cause, um, so wh- wh- what made you say, all right, I got this degree, screw it, I'm going to Hollywood? Because I took acting as an elective, and my teacher, like, during the midterm, the finals for my acting class, it had, we had to do this big performance, and that day... The person, the girl that I was supposed to do it with, she wasn't even there. So I was like, how am I supposed to do it? He said, well, you still got to do it. Okay, I'll just sit and read for her, but you got to act it out as if it's, it's her. And I was just like, damn, so I got to be by myself, act this whole thing out. And I did it, and in class, they just applauded me, and they were just so happy. And then after the class, he pulled me aside. And this guy has been teaching acting for a long time. I can just tell he was a veteran. And he was like, kid, uh, I don't know if basketball is your priority right now or whatever it is, but if I was you, I would stop what I'm doing and pursue acting. You seem very natural at it, and you could naturally gain attention from, like, an audience, and that's that's really good, kid. And I was just like, come on, man. Like, don't, <laughs> I was like, you, you know, come on, man. Don't gas my head up. And then I just, it just stuck in my head. And then next thing I know, just a lot of people just started putting things in my ears, and I started reading a book, The Alchemist, and Paulo Coelho said, when something is really for you, the entire universe conspires into helping you achieve that goal. And I was like, this is what's happening. Like, everybody is pointing me towards this direction. Do it. And then I set a goal for myself. I reached a goal, and then I was like, okay, then I'm going to go and pursue this. And it took three years, and now it took like four years. But four still, years. I mean, you've had a lot more success than a lot of people out here that are still trying after yeah. like 20 years. Yeah, no, that's very true. That's very true so fortunate so such a blessing such a blessing man i don't know how anyone could sit here and really think it's because of them like yeah i did all this it's like no man it's it's the universe it's a higher power because you just see how the timing was right i mean the timing was literally right for grownish i just happened to book the flight september 6th the next day september 7th was the grownish appointment that's crazy the universe yeah for real you gotta trust in a higher power because it's just not it's not you yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask about Carrie Champion. How was it working with, with her? Oh, she's so cool. <laughs> she's so cool and funny. And uh, after she was finished working with us, she was like, woo, you know, <laughs> being an actor is some tough work. Because <laughs> she didn't, like, realize that you shoot the same scene from so many different angles and you got to deliver the lines the same way. Like, mm-hmm. you get a close-up and a wide then you get my coverage and you get her coverage and you know it's just like it's different like she realized it's different when she's just doing it naturally and it's scripted because she usually does it naturally you know just like hey so how you doing cam newton so this is that and it just naturally flows but then when it's scripted you're supposed to ask this this that and say this it's kind of just probably like a house stick to reporting yeah (laughs) it was so cool shout out to carrie she's she's dope she's a great girl she's she's great I, I didn't know she was a real sports reporter. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, she is. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. I she watch Grownish with my time. I do not watch sports. <laughs> well, yeah, that's. I just saw a few clips. I was like, oh, Carrie Champion, and yeah. she's that good. That and Kenny Smith know? is also a real sports commentator. Oh, really? He was on the show as well. Yeah, yeah. I knew that. Well, I didn't know. <laughs> no, I didn't know that they were all real. I thought they were just, you know. Oh actors. no! Yeah, all the guys were real. They Jeez. weren't playing. Kenny was like, "We're gonna get some real guys interviewing." <laughs> Who else was on the show? Any other athletes? Uh, um. Kenny Smith was on there. 
Carey, um, it was this other sports commentator that was with Kenny. Damn it, I forgot. And then the guy that was interviewing me after the game, I forgot his name. But those were all real news reporters and sports commentators. So you're like a real athlete. You kind of get the whole athlete thing going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Right? So people, that's why people really think I'm cash Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go and watch Cronish if you haven't. New episodes every Wednesday on Freeform. It really is. It's a great show. It's awesome. Yes. And I look forward to seeing Cash Mooney there again. Yes. As of this moment, the relationship is done, but who knows what will be next. Yes, yes, yes. That's true. That's true. Very exciting. <laughs> da Vinci. Follow him on everything. You're a good guy, and you, you bring a good energy into the room, and you have a really great perspective, and you know you're you're really smart, very Thank deep. Thank you. And appreciate that. Man. No, I appreciate your time, my friend. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Da Vinci, everybody. Cool. Thank Young you. Boy. Take care, guys. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.